25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y-Sticks. The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Hey, hey! What's up, everybody? How y'all are? As the old Cajun cook would say, how y'all are? Roger, how are you, buddy Rope? I am good. Or I well, am good. Whatever we're going with. Are you good or well? Sometimes I get good. those mixed up. Are we supposed to say we're I think good? we're supposed to say we're well. Yeah, I'm well. And <laughs> nobody says that. And, uh... You know, somebody In Spanish, walks. Spanish, it's bien, bien. I'm well, oh, well. Bien, bien. Okay. Yeah. You know, somebody walks up to you and goes, Hey, how are you? You don't ever say, I'm well. You say, I'm good. How, how you about you? Doing? <laughs> how you doing? What's up? How are you doing? Thanks for tuning in on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. Hey to everybody. I'll get you pulled up there where I can see your comments. And Twitter is popping over there today. Hey, Roger, did you see the controversy that popped up with Paul Feinbaum and the Dan Lebitard show over the last couple days? No, what happened? Oh, Roger, you're in for it. This is going to be fun. Well, it's a big buildup, so now I hope it's fun. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Because you don't want to, like, have the big buildup and then it's not fun. you got to avoid the hyperbole. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Chris had a Jake on his show a while ago. I don't know if you heard it. There was a medical term, and... I'm talking about he pronounced it. He totally pulled a Jake on it in the way that he pronounced it. You'll have to maybe check with Ben. Yeah, but he did it. I was I was listening. Heard he had it. 100 plus year old. Um, let's see. Medicinal. Medicinal. I can't what he's saying here. <laughs> Medicinal and pronunciate. <laughs> I can't pronunciate what I'm listening to here. That's you got great. my my circuitous. Yeah, that's great. No, I have a uh, happy for you. Okay, so here's what's coming up. Here's what's coming up, first of all. So if you're tuning into the show, welcome, man. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. If you're watching on Facebook, you can tell that that's where I am. There's signs everywhere. The Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Now, a couple things. Coming up, going to have a food conversation with someone who knows food as well as anybody in the world. Uh, chef and author Robert St. John going to be on the show coming up in hour two. And he's got suggestions of what – here's a guy who knows food better than anybody. He is a renowned chef. He's going to tell you what he thinks he would be considering if he were going to put together a tailgate this weekend. Like in Southern at Southern Miss and Hattiesburg, they're going to host Alcorn State. People will tailgate for home games. State and Ole Miss this – week are on the road but next week they'll be at home anyway we're going to talk food and i can't wait robert's a really fun guy so that's coming up plenty to get to i'm gonna let you hear what tommy stevens the new starting quarterback in mississippi state said 
Tommy is um, very well-spoken, very mature, and you hear that anytime you hear an interview with him. Uh, but I'll let you, he met with the media yesterday. I'll let you hear some of that. Okay, so that's coming up. Also, um, some, some news stories loosely related to sports that you need to hear. First, though, and by the way, comment on this. You want to text me, you can on the text line 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN, or 885-3776. You can call me on the Divini phone, Divini Equipment in Madison and Jackson, your Kubota dealer, 995-1059. So feel free to call me, 995-1059. We'll put you on the air. I'd love to hear your voice today. Roger, after the Miami-Florida game, there was an incident. Did you hear about uh, uh, apparently some Miami fans attacked the Florida band leader? Did you hear about this? Yeah. Yeah, I, I did. And Feinbaum basically said he's not surprised with anything Okay, coming That's, out of Miami or something right. like that. But, he, but he, he went further, I think. Well, it was just one little, one little uh, descriptor in there. You know this term third world? He called them a third world program. I think he didn't say we're going to listen to it here. Feinbaum didn't say third world fan base or third world people. I think what he said was third world program. And it was about Miami. It was in response to a caller on his show who said, hey, Paul, did you see that Miami fans attacked the Florida band leader? And he was like, yeah. And he responded. So Dan Lebetard, who's a Miami guy, has the big ESPN show. Just like you said yesterday, Roger, we were talking about how, you know, no matter what the show is, there are people who love it and people who hate it, no matter right. what it is. Everybody loves his dad, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, um, a lot of people hate the show, a lot of people love it, but he is, without question, 100%, he is a Miami guy. So he addressed it. In addressing it, he said, we don't normally ask for apologies on this show, but we're asking for one. And then he played the audio of what Paul actually said on his show. Here is that whole exchange. It's about two minutes on the Dan Lebetard show. We are the show that makes fun of the idea of demanding from someone an apology. <laughs> However, this show is vigorously demanding a clarification from Paul Feinbaum on something he said on his show yesterday, because he's in SEC country, and it's fine to make fun of all things Miami, uh, right up until you get into some coded uh, dog whistle language that is dangerous, that sort of demands a clarification. One other story I saw this morning, uh, the uh, Florida band director was attacked out in the parking lot going to the bus. I'm right. wondering if you've heard anything about that. I, have heard, I, I haven't heard much, uh, but I did hear about it. And, yeah, you know, I, I don't want to incite the crowd here, but uh, when it comes to Miami, nothing surprises me. It's, it's just a, a third-world program, if you ask me. Well, at least no one was shot, I guess. So what did you mean by third-world program? Paul, can you clarify that for us, please? We are not in the business of demanding apologies. Uh, we are unlikely to demand an apology unless your clarification does not suit us. <laughs> All right. So that's a little bit from Dan Levitard, and he played what Paul Feinbaum said. So my question is, what is your reaction to that? Not to the Levitard thing. I'd like to know what your reaction is 
to what Paul Feinbaum said. Nothing surprises me about Miami. They're a third world program. That was his words. So what's your reaction to Paul Feinbaum's words? If I'm listening to that and I hear that, I don't take it. Then, without you know pre-controversy or post, I don't take it as Paul Feinbaum taking some kind of massive ethnic jab at people from Miami. <laughs> I don't. I mean, there's all kind of. Um people across the world who live in third world countries that's you know that one particular ethnic ethnicity well that's right and and the other thing though is to he said program he said third world program and so it seems I'm, like it's just a slam on the program not on the people right but, it's not necessarily i think the same thing roger yeah. it's not like a slam on the people and the other thing is like have you listened to paul's show <laughs> <laughs> From time to time, he, callers, whatever, they take little jabs at everybody. You know? Uh, walk the line pretty well. So, I don't know that I would have had the reaction. Now, this is a guy from Miami, but listen to this. As they started to have a little more fun with it, kind of, Levitard said, look, we can make fun of Miami, which we do, but you can't, Paul Feinbaum. He basically says that and then throws in an Egg Bowl reference in there. Listen to this. And then we will uh, rally all the brown people in Miami yes. and uh, demand that you talk about our banana republic more respectfully than that. Mm. Yeah. No, I think we all agree we're an awful fan base. You can the describe us so base. many accurate yes. ways. Yes. But third world is just, I kind of want to know what you mean by that. And if you'd use that terminology to describe any other type, uh, type of fan Mississippi base. State. Yeah, if, this in, if this happened in the Egg Bowl, would we use it? <laughs> Uh, put it on the poll, Guillermo, at Lebitard Show. Which is more third world, uh, Miami or Alabama? Just put it on the poll. Now, I'm not saying that I don't expect to be in the Miami International Airport and see someone bringing by a donkey that has fruit on its back for sale. Yeah, I've seen that. I'm, I'm not saying that Miami doesn't have uh, third world characteristics. However, I'm allowed to say that. Um, Paul Feinbaum is not. It's part of Miami's charm. <laughs> okay, listen. That's what I was going to say. Third world charm. <laughs> Third world charm. But Don't look, how you deliver it. it. Yeah, okay. But after saying he needs to apologize for saying Miami's a third world program, we take offense to that. They have a lot of fun with it themselves. One guy who is a Miami fan says something along those lines of, it's what makes us fun as a fan base, you know. And then Lebetard goes, look, I can say this. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying I would be all that shocked if I see a guy with a donkey and fruit on its back in the Miami airport. He goes, I can say that, but Paul Feinbaum can't. Why? Why can one guy say it and the other can't? Because of the color of their skin? No, not in this case. I mean, what? Why well, not? Well, you know, well, I think this I- – I kind of see, I, I hate that I am having to be on the same side of this as Dan Levitar. <laughs> I hate that you've done this, Matt White. But if you're somewhere else and you hear some other, somebody from Tennessee talking bad about Mississippi, saying the same exact thing you said last week, that's going to get up next to you. Yeah, because it's your Because we can talk about us because yeah. we live it. We put up right. with it. We've earned the right. Right. 
That mean well, I that's can one time. I'm a, that's one time. I can shame part. bald people. I'm able to shame bald people, right? Yeah, like only like skinny people can't tell fat jokes. <laughs> okay, I don't know what I'm in between. Can I do both? Well, yeah, or none? Well, I don't know. <laughs> well, look. Um, so after all that, and a lot of laughs and chuckles at the end, even threw in an egg bowl reference in there on the Levitard thing. Feinbaum had to, I guess, apparently wanted to, maybe had to, legitimately apologize. This is on his show yesterday. The audio quality is not great. Somebody put it on Twitter. They filmed it with their phone. See if you can hear Feinbaum's apology. Yesterday, we had quite a bit of conversation about the University of Miami. And in a conversation with a caller, I said some incredibly unfortunate things. This is where sometimes talk show hosts try to equivocate, they try to explain, they try to clarify. I'm not going to do that today because once you say something, it's done. You can't take it back. I should know that. I'm a professional. I've been doing this a very long time. And what I said here yesterday was very hurtful to a number of people. For that, I sincerely apologize to all Miami fans and to the University of Miami. Uh, I wish I could take it back, but I can't. All I can do is apologize and work very hard to avoid similar mistakes in the future. We'll be right back. All right. That was the Paul Feinbaum apology. You might want to cancel that Miami vacation, Paul, for a little while. Yeah. Or lay low, wear a disguise. Yeah. Hard to miss that guy, I'm telling you. Why? Because if, you know... Why, though, right? Because, what, are they going to hurt him? Because he said something mean about him? You never know. They, they t- That's the point, though. You take that other guy. Just, what did he do? He's a band guy. He's just, I mean, right. He's just leading the band. All right. True Maroon on the text line says that Levitard and his guys went, quote, gather all the brown people. He said, like, WTF. Uh, Kobe says, Paul probably was trying to be sarcastically funny and completely ignored how America's current political climate is a variable in present-day sports talk. Dan took the time to place those comments under a microscope to prove Paul, as a journalist, could have used a better term. And that's, yeah, I think you're probably nailing it there. But Levitard put it under a microscope, that's for sure. Uh, I think there's a little tongue-in-cheek poke at the outrage culture coming from Levitard, too. I think he was having it both ways. He's, you know, kind of working it from both sides. Sure. So, right. And let's be honest, it's not like it's and not... I don't blame him. He's very good at it. Well, it's not like it's not great publicity for, for Paul Feinbaum. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Three Hump Camel yeah. says, don't like Paul or Dan. He was probably simply poking at Miami football. And then uh, Three Hump Camel says, thug culture that existed in the 80s and 90s. Fluffy says, I think Levitard's trying to call Feinbaum racist. His analogy was too highbrow for Dan and the rest of the shipping crate, it says, as he calls his staff in an allusion to illegal immigration and slavery. Fluffy, thanks for that. There's a word or two in there missing, so I'm sure that me reading it didn't drive the point home that you were trying to make so clearly. But, yeah, you know, I totally agree with what Roger just said is that there's a little playing it both ways for Levitard in that he's also poking kind of simultaneously sort of almost poking fun at the outrage culture a little bit. Nick says funny how ESPN guys like Levitard who claim to be tolerant are the most intolerant. And 
let's see here. Unnamed texter. So I guess ESPN is saying it's okay to jump people, but it's not okay to talk bad about those that do that type of action. Because they made Paul apologize, it shows their true colors. The only thing about that is I don't know, you know, what the impetus was or who decided there must be an apology. It could have just simply been Paul going, you know what, I shouldn't have called him a third world program. I shouldn't have done that. I'm going to apologize. It could have been him. It could it could very well not be a forced uh, apology on his part. My thing is, again, if I'm consuming that, would I? Would I say that I hope not? You know, I hope that I wouldn't like lump a, a huge group of people in somehow, and then insinuate that they're lesser, and then you know, like directly call them third world people. I wouldn't want to do that. But as I listen to Paul, there, he's responding saying, you know, a band director gets attacked by a Miami fan. We don't know the details of that. But he's responding to that being brought up. And he says, yeah, like a third world program, if you ask me. He didn't say a third world group of people. He didn't say like third world type people, third world type citizens. Maybe that's the insinuation. Should he have said it? No, I mean, you know. Probably shouldn't have said it. The guys on Levitard's show were, hey, yeah, we got the worst fan base ever. I know. They said we had We're the horrible. worst fan base ever. We're horrible. <laughs> so I guess what I'm saying is, you know, Paul said it. Everybody takes it. And if you listen to him and know him over the years, you know he's not out to, like, slander an entire group of people. That's not him. You know that. And even if somebody took issue with it, a show from Miami, someone from Miami like Dan Levitard, I still don't know that it required this heartfelt apology, honestly. Now, again, it's Paul. If he decided on his own, that's what he wanted to do. It's not for me to say whether he should or shouldn't apologize. He's the one who said it. He's the one who makes that decision. It's his show. This is self-sanctioning. Maybe that's it, Roger. But I'm saying I don't it's think very it was. Vogue right now. I didn't think it was required. Make it go away. Yeah. Make the story go away. Make it go it's away. It's very quicker. easy to apologize. Ole Miss could have saved a lot of litigation with that. With who? Who was it? Uh, yeah. Tommy Turbo. Yeah. Well, no, well, no, Houston Nut. Um, yeah, right. And he had Tom Mars as his attorney. Just wanted an apology. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Could avoid a whole lot of talk about it. Man, let me tell you too. Like, talk about making comments about people. I mean, Tom Mars is this attorney. He's representing. Houston Nutt in that case. So he's kind of doing his job. And he gave some quotes. And boy, people, fans, media, they jumped all over Tom Mars. They said things about him you wouldn't want anybody saying about you. (laughs) Just simply because he was representing somebody that wanted an apology from their university. It's funny how we do that kind of thing. Instead of, even if it involves a school you love, instead of looking at it and just going, well, should we apologize? Maybe we owe the guy an apology. What does an apology cost? Nothing. Why don't we give him one? <laughs> you know? All right, we're not giving anybody to heck with apologizing. Uh, okay. I, I know I've accidentally offended people, and I was like, I was totally surprised, but by, that didn't make my apology any less sincere. Yeah, that's right. Well, and Paul is exactly right in what he said. Once you open your mouth and it's out there, bleh, and you screwed it up, hey, look, and I got my hand up. 
stop digging, you know. I've done it over and over and over. You have to just accept it and go, hey, man, that was stupid. And, you know, I can apologize, and I am. I'm really sorry I said it, but, like, it's not going to take it back. So I just I just hope I can move on from it. It's like, you know, I, I fouled up. You know, you have to do that sometimes. basically what he did. So there you go. Just getting started with you today on this Wednesday. Call the show, Divini Equipment phone line. They have Kubota going uh, at Divini. Commercial, residential mowers, zero turns. They have the fall hunters packages that include uh, the Kubota tractor, the trailer, the cutter, the... What else is on there? I'm going to look it up right now. Anyway, they have the big deal. <laughs> I've told you about that. And this is the time of year, too, that if you go to Divini, they're going to have the big bags of rice and, you know, the uh, uh, the, the corn and everything that you're going to put out there and the stands, the tree stands, the chairs, the clothing, the boots, everything you want if you're a hunter. It's all right there. So you all hit me up. Phone's ringing. We'll get in on the uh, Divini phone when we come back at 995-1059. Text the show. 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN, or 885-3776. You can tweet me as well. And hey to everybody on Facebook. Thanks for watching. We'll hit y'all up in a little bit. Just getting started on a Wednesday in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. I'm Matt. We're all in Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Thanks for tuning in. In the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. Staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire. Customer inspired. I went into C Spire yesterday, Roger, to get uh, two things. One, I was getting a new uh, charging cable for my phone. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Lightning cable? Yeah, lightning cable. Get a new charging cable. Um, and I picked... I saw one that was eight foot long. I wanted it. Oh, bad. man, yeah, they make long ones. But I picked up in the C Spire store one of these wireless chargers for your phone where you oh, just yeah. you just sit your phone down on it. I've got it right here on my desk. I think you I, call it induction charger. Okay, I got it. Like I said, I got it in C Spire. They have a bunch of different models in there. I'm in the C Spire store here in Tupelo. This is a Samsung, but it works with my iPhone, some of the newer model iPhones. It's a newer one. Right. And if I just sit it on there, it automatically starts charging the thing. Okay? It is fantastic. I just want to say and vouch for this piece of technology that if you can afford to get one, they run anywhere from thirty to about sixty dollars, depending on which model you get. get. If you can get one with the wider sweet spot, 
Right. So you're not moving your phone around to find it, you know, where it where it activates. And I would suggest the one I got is supposedly a fast charging model. Mm-hmm. Um, and even it's not quite as fast as plugging it in, but it's still pretty fast. But, I mean, you just sit your phone down. You want to pick it up, pick it up. It's not charging. Want to put it down, put it down. It's charging. It's so convenient. The other Here's thing. Here's a free tech tip. What's that? You can also, you can also plug in the, the wire charger and get it charging even faster. If you do it in the right order. Oh, so you can double up. Yeah. It's one of the few phones that'll do that. Okay. See, I'm afraid of that because I'm afraid I'll catch it on fire or something. It'll turn stuff off. Hey, um, the other thing was in the C Spire uh, store, my friend Greg, who works in there, he's a big state fan. He said, hey, I'm going to New Orleans. I'm leaving on Friday. So he's going to the game. He starts asking me all kinds of questions about football. And... He gets up in the mornings and watches. I do a most mornings, not all, but a lot of mornings. I'll be out on the back porch. And birds are singing as the sun comes up, and I'll be live on Facebook and Twitter and do a quick Bible study or devotional. And I drink my coffee while I'm doing that. And he told my daughter, he said, "You know what?" He said, "I get up every morning and I watch your daddy drink coffee." <laughs> I thought, that's not creepy. Yeah, uh, no, I know. It's like people looking in on you. But I do that that stuff on purpose. Um, anyway, and then the other thing that I have here, other than the wireless charger for my phone, Roger, that I didn't have, listen closely. Okay, listen closely, Roger. See if you hear this. You don't hear anything, do you? No, what is that? I'm swinging my microphone all around the studio, and oh, you can't you hear a, a thing. You got an ISO mount. Because I got a shock mount. Ladies and gentlemen... And I told you the other day that, you know, Roger doesn't have a filter. He says that he does. He says that he actually has a filter in his head of the things that he says, and so you would be shocked if you could see what gets filtered out. Scandalous. <laughs> but one of these days, several days ago, when I switched microphones in here, Roger said, man, every time you move that thing, it's all this noise coming in on the air, you know, here. <laughs> I said, okay, Roger, I got Respect your criticism. (laughs) I've got a shock mount ordered. It's just not here yet. Well, here it is. I actually went further, remember? I I described exactly what it sounded like. Yeah, that's right. He was really trying to. Some of these sportscasters on their little headphones. Oh, no. They say, we'll be right back. And then, wham, throw the headset down. (laughs) Exactly. Everybody in America gets to hear what that sounds like. Um, Hey, listen, uh, just another reminder for you that, you, you know, if you listen to my show, you probably have heard me mention my social media accounts, Radio Wyatt on Twitter, the Facebook page, YouTube channel, which um, doing pretty well in the YouTube channel. And I post a lot of film study videos. Those things, you know, looking at football plays and series and drawing up and kind of explaining why certain plays worked and why they didn't and what they're called and what the defense is. And It's uh, a fun thing to learn about football for a lot of people. That's what I've learned. And uh, we have some events coming up where we're going to do that together, live. We'll sit in the same room, me and you. We will eat food, good food, and we will watch some film and draw it up on a board together. We'll telestrate it, learn it that night. Five different restaurants in five different cities coming up. The stops are going to be Vicksburg, Starkville, Tupelo, Jackson, and Hattiesburg. And potentially we may add one more in South Haven. Ticket sales going pretty well. 
But we do have some tickets left. And if you want to come to one of those places, particularly a lot of folks listening here today in Jackson, you can join me on October the 3rd at Char Restaurant in Jackson. You buy a ticket at my website, it'll cover your meal. You have all the food you want, all the football talk you want, all the film study you want, all in one night. Come join us. And it's not going to be a huge group of people, so we'll have enough, you know, where we can all talk. It's not going to be like a big presentation. We can all communicate in the room. And so I look forward to that. I hope you'll come. And also Vicksburg. A lot of folks listening in Vicksburg. We're coming to Vicksburg on September the 19th. We will be at The Anthony, uh, which is the restaurant inside the Vicksburg Country Clubs for September the 19th. The Anthony, football talk and dinner and football and food and film study and all that stuff. A lot of alliteration. So join us and get your tickets. We have some available. MattWyattMedia.com. Go to events on the website and pick your event and you can buy a ticket right there for you, for you and your wife, for you and your husband, for you and your girlfriend, boyfriend, your family, whatever. Again, that's just MattWyattMedia.com. Click on events. And then pick the date and the location you want to come, and you can buy your tickets right there. And I look forward to seeing you. Okie doke. Okie doke. I look forward to it. All right. Coming up, we're going to hear a little bit of the audio when Tommy Stevens yesterday met with Mississippi State Media, answered a few questions, all that. That's coming up. And later in hour number two, Robert St. John, noted chef and author, We'll be on the show, and we'll talk tailgating recipes and stuff that put some ideas in your head with football season about to start. Right now, though, let's bounce over here to the uh, Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Double, double B? Double B. What's up, Double B? Hey, Matt. Man, how are you? How's it going? Great. Hey, I wanted to ask you a question about the, the suspension at State. Okay. Do you think that um, since this went on back even into basketball season that the the team, everybody had enough advance notice that they have been practicing around not having those players, that this didn't catch, catch them by surprise? Uh, Double B, the answer is yes. Um, there's been a, you know, inside – the right offices and buildings, there's been plenty of forewarning on this, as, as you can probably imagine. So as best you can plan around it, they've been able to. Now, having said that, you do have to keep in mind that they didn't actually get a final ruling on all this stuff until just really after fall camp had already started. Well, really probably within the last couple of weeks. So even though they were working on being prepared and could probably see it coming down the tunnel, you still don't have the closure and the finality to completely move forward with whatever your plan is until they've officially ruled on it. Does that make sense, which they did in the last you know, couple yeah. of weeks? But, but I think your point is a good one. It's a surprise to us and everybody else. It's not a big surprise to people in the football office, frankly. Double B, thanks for the call. we got to run. Thank you. Thank you. In the Farm Bureau studio, I'm Matt with Roger. we got a long way to go today. Y'all stick around.
You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show, I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Staying connected to you around the clock because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. Hit me up on the Divinity phone. It's 995-1059. 995-1059. It's a 601 number. Call me. We'll put you on the air. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. The oldest Kubota dealer in the United States of America. It means they've been doing it better longer than anyone else. Think about it that way. And Kubota is such a great product as well. So uh, check them out if you haven't already. They have that new uh, sidekick, the new Kubota sidekick, just in time for hunting season. We told you before it goes 40 miles an hour. <laughs> it does. Price is starting at $11,495. Payments as low as $207 a month. They also have the tractor packages. And you can go there at Divinity and kind of work with them on the tractor packages, package it up the way you want. For example, the Hunter's Special. The L2501 four-wheel drive tractor loader, cutter, disc, trailer. 218 and get your payments as low as $222 a month. All kinds of options at Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Warren up first on the Divinity phone. What's up, Warren? Hey, I was talking with Beaver this morning. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Brooks is off probation right now, but yeah. he and Brooks want to put Jake Wimberly on probation or some kind of punishment. And uh, I'm just calling in their behalf to get a second opinion okay. because Beaver says every time Jake brings out all these stats, and Beaver said it makes Beaver look stupid, and he got annoyed with that. And I want to know what you think would be a good punishment for Jake Wimberly. And I'm going to call him tomorrow and okay. tell him what you think. Okay, it's but just an opinion. Okay, but help me out on one thing. What are we punishing Jake for? What what did he do? Uh, he made Beaver look kind of stupid with some cats. That's what Beaver <laughs> right. would say. Uh, he, th- he throws that hourglass at him. Okay, wait. So this yeah. is actually originating with Beaver who said it? Okay. Yeah, Beaver. Okay. And when he worked with Jake at the end yesterday, or something, Jake yeah. brought all these stats out. And Beaver seems to think that Jake was trying to make Beaver look stupid. So Beaver and Brooks are getting together okay. and want some payback. And I'm calling on their behalf to see if I can get a second opinion on what kind of punishment they yeah. should do to Jake. What they should do to him? Hmm. That's a really good question. I might have to think about it. You know, my first inclination is to come up with something about his hair. Jake has really good hair. It's like thick. It's moldable. He can make it look however he wants. And there are certain hairstyles that he would never wear. Like, turn your radio down for me, Warren. It's bleeding through on us a little bit. There are certain radio, I mean, hairstyles he would never wear, like just a normal part. I think what the punishment should be is that for one day at the beginning of the day, including all of his sales calls he's got to go out and make and everything, 
is he comes in in the morning and he lets Beaver design his hairdo for the day. Hit he the... needs um, pyrotechnics. <laughs> pyrotechnics. I tell you, some of the product that Jake's putting in his hair, he better hope he doesn't get around very many yeah, pyrotechnics. He might, have, he might have some. He'd be like Michael Jackson in that Coca-Cola video commercial shoot. Remember when his hair caught on fire? Oh, yeah. Hello? Yeah. yeah. All right, Warren. Appreciate it. We'll think on it, man. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Uh, we we got to think on that. I don't know. I hadn't spent much time thinking on ways to punish Jake. <laughs> but I'll think wait, about it. Man, just for making uh, him look stupid. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's serious around here. All right, uh, as promised, Tommy Stevens, quarterback, Mississippi State. This is his first time to meet with the media since they named him the starter uh, going back to last week. This was last night when he took some questions from the media. He started off with how he got the word from the coaching staff that he had you know, officially been named the starting quarterback for this season at Mississippi State. Here's Tommy Stevens. Tommy, the, uh, the big word came down last week. How did Coach Moorhead kind of communicate to you that you were going to be the starting quarterback? Um, you know, I uh, thinking back, I got a text in the night. Actually, no, it was the morning of. I got a text in the morning of from Coach Briner. Um, so I'd come meet with him at uh, you know roughly two thirty, I believe. And uh, you know, got in there, went in. After I got to Coach Briner's office, we immediately went to Coach Moorhead's office, and um, you know, he just told me that he you know, asked me how I thought I did. Um, in camp and told him how I felt and, um, and basically told me I was going to be a starting quarterback. Where did he tell you his expectations were of you? Um, at that moment or – because he really didn't, I guess, say anything expectation-wise at that moment. But um, I guess knowing him, if he were to say something, he would say something along the lines of, um, you know, this is kind of like the keys to the car now and, um, you know, this isn't the end. You know, obviously you need to uh, continue to progress and – um, you know, I guess that's more of the way that I took it, I guess. When he, when he asked you how you thought you played in specific practices, how you, what did you tell him? Um, I thought I did well. Um, I still thought that, you know, I, I remember I told you guys, um, I think it was the last time we met, that it was probably my best camp all in all. Um, and I think I closed it out that way. I think that I continued to, um, you know, play at, at a high level, higher than, you know, that I've played before. And so, um, you know, Maybe that goes to, I guess, being in the system longer. I was able to play more comfortably. But, um, you know, that's those are kind of the things that, I guess, were, were said. Obviously, playing at this level is nothing new for you. But how, how different is your preparation going into that first career start? Or, or you just follow the same routine? Or, or have you even given that much thought about it being your first start? Um, you know, obviously, it's I guess it's there to think about. Um, but you know, as far as things that I'm doing, I haven't changed anything. You know, I. I I take a lot of pride in the way that I, I guess prepared for things at Penn State, and um, you know, although I'd never you know been given the opportunity to start a game there, um, you know, I took the same approach um, every week. And I guess you know, from the first game that I prepared as the backup to obviously now, things have changed a little bit as far as you know, um, taking things here and there, and, and just making it a part of my you know week to week um, you know routine, but. Um, you know, every week I tried to prepare like the starter, so nothing will change from that. So. A little bit of Tommy Stevens right there in that presser yesterday. So he got a call from the QB coach. They said, okay, it's official. You're the guy. Again, practice already bear, bears that stuff out. So players already know it pretty much. It's not like they needed to make some big announcement for him. 
Um, I still maintain that most cases naming the starter is pretty much for media and fans. It's for us. The team already knows. By the time it gets to the announcement of it, the team already knows. You know, who has de facto won the job, done the best job, all that stuff, because they're there every day in practice, blood, sweat, and tears. All right. I like that last part that he said there. About what? I prepare like I'm the starter yeah. every week. Yeah. And I, is that the way you approached it? Oh, yeah. That's you it. You have to, don't you? You have and I'm to. I'm sure the coaches are telling you that. You're approaching it like um, we could run one play and he breaks his arm, and now I'm the quarterback for the rest of the year. Now I am the starter. And that's what they recruited me for anyway. That's the way you prepare. Because you are one play away from running every snap. And you have to be in a position to know everything they're going to throw at you. You know, If you're that's a freshman, not, it's a little different. But an older guy, it's not. Yeah. I may not be the starter, but I'm a starter. Yeah. No, I, it's not just coach speak. I mean, you have to um, approach it that way. You really do. Makes sense. On the text line, 885-ESPN, we get to some things. We talked about the fine bomb controversy earlier. He said something about Miami. had to apologize. Uh, more cowbell on the text line says, it's ridiculous that they would jump to racism, but that that's the world in which we live. People are so sensitive. People clearly meant, or Paul clearly meant that Miami has a bunch of thugs for fans, and they do. Race has nothing to do with it. Um <clears throat> Somebody said, it's odd that we're quickly becoming a third world country, yet someone can be offended at being called that. <laughs> uh, unnamed texter. Like was, this. This is good. was Feinbaum quote about Miami an insult to Miami or a third world country? <laughs> <laughs> and I love the spelling of Feinbaum. We read it as Fiendboom. Uh, no, you did not miss the sonic boom. We have not played the JSU sonic boom yet. That'll be coming for you in hour number two. Well, I'll tell you what, just, just go ahead tease. and get it That's right now. That's just a tease. That's a tease. <laughs> just a tease. <laughs> ba 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 ba. What do we get? Like put the, three. Put the three tube down, man. <laughs> oh, that's great. We got just three the guy notes. with a whistle. You know, he doing the whistle. <laughs> uh, so that's coming for you later. Yeah, Larry says uh, heartbreaking news for Dylan Moses, linebacker, Alabama. Dylan Moses, big time player, major knee injury. I think I did read it's going to require some surgery. For him, so that's a big-time blow to the Alabama defense. He's super, super good. Bama in Madison texted and said, weird day in sports. I'm sad that another Alabama linebacker is out for the season, but I'm excited to see LSU run the triple option. <laughs> Things are getting interesting fast. Um, <clears throat> okay, Michael Jackson's hair caught on fire. It was a Pepsi commercial, not a Coke commercial. Oh, yeah, I didn't catch that. I thought you said Pepsi. Yeah. Miko says that the punishment for Jake should be that he has to wear a Pearl Pirate t-shirt to Brandon's game against Pearl on November the 8th. Holy cow. Man. I don't think Jake would ever agree to that. That'd bring out the Miami and those people over there. <laughs> <laughs> that's we can make. That's the thing. You went all Miami on. <laughs> when we come back, Roger will issue an apology. <laughs> no, he won't, actually. Hour two coming up. Stick around. Show.